everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes. Again, my name is Brian, and I have been a die-hard Yankees fan since I was about seven years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes show is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So today's topic, we're going to be discussing the top five most underrated New York Yankees of all time. Um, so. Uh, a couple criteria for this is I didn't pick any players that were in the Hall of Fame because I feel like if you're in the Hall of Fame, then it, it's hard to really say that they were underrated. I mean, I guess they could still be underrated as far as how people tend to evaluate them. But if you're in the Hall of Fame, you, you really kind of got your, your due anyway. Um, so no nobody in the Hall of Fame will be on this list, and there will be nobody who had a retired number either on the list. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. We got... Number one, I I just wanted to... I'm just going to talk about them not in order of the top five most underrated players. The first guy I'm going to talk about is Willie Randolph, who played second base for the New York Yankees for 13 seasons. Played 18 seasons in his career. He um The career high for him for strikeouts was 53. Um, and he was a table setter, he, which means he batted toward the top of the order a lot of times, first and second. Um... So uh, he, he kind of his job was to get on base, bat in front of Thurman Munson, Greg Nettles, Chris Chambliss, um, Reggie Jackson eventually, um, and and obviously he did that very very well. He struck out 512 times in his career. That's in 1,674 games and 7,465 plate appearances. He he only struck out 512 times, and he walked 1,005 times. So he walked a hell heck of a lot more. Then he struck out. Um, he also had 2,210 hits in his entire 18-year career, 1,245 walks in his entire career, and in his entire 18-year career, he only struck out 675 times. He played for a few other teams too. Eventually, I think he played for he played for Oakland, um, played for Milwaukee toward the end of his career. Um, he was a very good defensive second baseman. And there were there were a few other really good second basemen at that time. Um, I think he did end up winning. Yeah, he did end up winning two Gold Gloves, I believe, in his Yankee career. He never really had big numbers in the postseason. Um, there was his best series in the postseason was the 1980 ALCS against the Kansas City Royals and the 1981 ALCS against the Oakland A's. Those were his his best series overall in the postseason. Played 43 47 games. Um, had four home runs, 14 RBIs, um, and he actually only struck out 15 times. He hit 222. So he, he wasn't, I mean, his main job was to get on base um, and also play very good defense. Um, but, of course, the postseason is a whole different ball game as well. However, when you think of, like, great second baseman in Yankees history, you usually get, think of guys like Tony Lazari, who played with Babe Ruth, um, is is one. Like, if you look at his numbers, it, you can see that he was a great player, and obviously he's in the Hall of Fame as well. Um, um, or even a guy like Joe Gordon is another one. I believe he's also in the Hall of Fame. He had some. He put up some big numbers. Willie Randolph didn't really have like big numbers like that, but he did his job. He got on base. Um, obviously, in the postseason, it looks like he had a little bit of trouble for the most part. Um, uh, but anyways, in my opinion, Willie Randolph is definitely one of the most underrated players in Yankees history. Just because of what he did, uh, what he was able to do on the bases, a lot of those teams too in the late '70s for the Yankees, um, Billy Martin used to like to try to play a lot. I think they used to call it Billy Ball, and he used to like, um, he, he used to like to hit and run and steal bases whenever he needed to. Willie was a guy that he would utilize for that, um, and that would help create a lot more runs, and um, you know bunting and all that stuff and some of the things that you don't really see in the box score as much. Uh, so Willie was a very important player for the New York Yankees in the 70s and even the 80s as well, even though the 80s were not as um, good of a time for the New York Yankees um, in general anyway. Uh, so Spud Chandler is my next uh, player that I wanted to mention. Spud Chandler, his full name was Spurgeon Ferdinand Chandler. He played from 1937 to 1947. And he actually is an MVP winner. And Spud Chandler, um, he you don't really hear a whole lot about him. 
um, unless you like really look up look up the numbers and stuff. Um, he won the MVP in 1943. He was 20 and four with a 1.64 ERA. He had a 195 ERA adjusted that year, or actually 198. So that's extremely high. That's a a, a very good ERA. Um, and the ERA adjusted basically again. Um, 100 is league average. His was 198. So his was he was well above the. Um, uh, um, and that's why he won the MVP. But he was his ERA was well above the league average. Um, uh, so um, he had twenty complete games, five shutouts he pitched. Um, he had two hundred fifty three innings pitched, which you you never really see anymore. Um, he made his debut too at twenty nine years old, and I guess a big part of that was because he had a shoulder injury from playing a lot of football um, when he was younger and in college. Um, he was also known as being a really good hitter and being a fast runner too. He even, he even, I guess, used to slide into like second base, kind of like in the same kind of way of, uh, as Ty Cobb. He was known as being kind of not, maybe not really a dirty player, but he was, he was just known for playing hard at that time. Um, and obviously back in those days, they, they, um, but, but I guess he would, he would, he was not afraid. Like he, he had that football mentality. So, he was a, known as kind of a Ty Cobb kind of a player, so he probably was not always the most well-liked, and maybe that's why he he's not as well-known as some of these other guys. Um, he also, I guess, he also claimed that he could he could outrun um, any pitcher in baseball. Again, that football mentality, he was just not afraid to make these uh, claims and and uh, he, 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 basically, he wouldn't, like, if, if someone were, were to have challenged him to a race even someone that might have been an outfielder he probably thought he could have outran him um uh so um that so 1943 was his mvp year uh 39 in 1939 he actually pitched in relief he pitched 11 games he had a 284 era um that year and of course back in those days bullpens were not used very often um he missed a lot of time i guess with an ankle injury um, uh, he, he also was a four-time All-Star in 1942, 43 is MVP year, 46 and 47. He played five games in 1944 and 45. And the reason for that is was because, it, um, I guess he, he ended up being in the army because at the time, that time, of course, was World War II. And, um, I guess he was deemed too old and too injured to be in the in the army or at least at least to serve anyway um so they he even though he was in the army he was only in basic training in uh camp shelby in mississippi uh so only for those two years 1946 he was 20 and 8 when, when he came back from uh basic training and i guess he actually had been playing baseball in basic training too but 1946 he led the league in wins 20 and 8 he had an ERA of 2.10, 164 ERA adjusted, again, well above average. Um, he had 34 games pitched, 32 starts, 20 complete games, six shutouts with the, led the league, and um, he had a, a 138 strikeouts. So he really wasn't a, a, a strikeout pitcher because he had 138 strikeouts in 257 innings. And um, if you look at his numbers, he, he, he never really... He never struck out anybody more than the amount of innings that he had. Um, so he really pitched to contact um, a lot. And I'm sure maybe some of probably the way that he, the, the injuries that he had that might have changed the way he had to pitch too. But still, that's pretty impressive that he was still able to put up some of, some of those numbers the way he, the way he did, um, considering all those injuries he had. Um he also only played 17 games and 16 starts in 1947, but he had an ERA of 2.46, and he had 144 ERA adjusted. Again, so his ERA was well above average, um, 2.46 ERA. He had 13 complete games that year, two shutouts, and he had 128 innings pitched. And also, as far as Bud Chandler in the postseason, he had a 1.62 ERA. He had... Uh, two complete games and one shutout, and that was both in the 1943 World Series, um, and, and that was the World, a World Series in which the Yankees won. Um, 
they also he had made four starts, six games in his postseason career, and he also had a, a save um, in the 1942 World Series that one they had lost. Um, he had 33 innings pitched that year, four walks, and and 33 innings pitched in the postseason. He had only nine walks given up. And also, he is still today, he has the best career-winning percentage of any pitcher in Yankees history. Um, so, Spud Chandler had some, he had, he had some great numbers, and um, he, you really don't hear a lot of them about him. Um, obviously, a big part of it is because he played such a long time ago, but, um, I, I, I mean, I, I, th- I think another part of it is also probably... It, he, I would imagine he must not have been as well liked as some of the other guys, um, considering his style of play. But at the same time, you definitely have to consider that Spud Chandler is definitely one of the Yankee, best Yankees pitchers of all time, and and he's not even in the Hall of Fame. Um, obviously, he didn't play long enough really to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's still definitely deserving of being one of the most underrated Yankees because you really don't hear a whole lot about him. Um, except for obviously him being the best, having the best career winning percentage of any pitcher in Yankees history. So the next player I want to mention is Chris Chambliss, who was a first baseman, left-handed hitter for the New York Yankees for uh, seven seasons for the Yankees. Played quite a while, though he played a lot longer than that in his career. In his Yankees career, he played 885 games. He had uh, 954 hits, a 282 batting average, 79 home runs and 454 RBIs for the Yankees. Um, also, his in his entire Yankee, in his entire baseball career, he had a 27.3 uh, WAR, which is wins above replacement. Uh, so, which is very good. Um, it basically just tells you um, how good he was compared to all the players in baseball history. And the the higher the number, that tells you the better that player was. Um, and some of the, the really great players are like in the 100s, I guess. Um, but Chris Chambliss was a very good baseball player. He was he did not have as much power. He if you look at him, uh, look at old uh, baseball highlights of uh, Chris Chambliss, you would think he would have had a lot more home runs in his career, um, especially considering he played at Yankee Stadium. But I I actually went back and watched some old interviews with him, and he even said that he he was not a, a power hitter. He was a you know, a line drive guy. Um, and obviously, if you look at his numbers, he really didn't hit a whole lot of home runs in his career. Uh, most of the time, it was uh, like 20 home runs, 18 home runs. Um, he really didn't hit a, a whole lot. He actually did win the Rookie of the Year, though, when he was with the Cleveland Indians. Now, of course, the Cleveland Guardians. Um, and that was back in like 1971. Um, he won a Gold Glove Award in 1978 for the New York Yankees at first base. Um, he also uh, was an all-star. He, he was fifth in the American League MVP voting in 1976. Um, and that year in 1976, he had an OPS plus, which is on-base plus slugging adjusted, which basically shows how good of an uh, offensive player he was. Um, his was 124, and obviously the same as ERA adjusted. Um, anything over 100 is above average. Um, he had a 293 batting average in 1976. He struck out 80 times, which is the most, um, in, I think the most in his entire career, uh, but definitely the most in his Yankees career. He had 17 home runs that year, 96 RBIs. Um, he also had six triples that year, 30, 32 doubles, and that was in 676 plate appearances for the New York Yankees. And, I mean, the fact that, that he was fifth in AL MVP voting just shows you how good he was that year compared to other players as well. And um, and, and it really was a, a big part of probably the, the six triples were um, le- left center field in Yankee Stadium at that time was, uh, I, I think it might, oh, I, I think it's, it's come down a little bit, but I think it was still a little bit deeper than it is now. Um, but of course now too they they, they have the jet stream uh, the the way that they made the new stadium and just the, where the, where the new stadium is in in a different spot than the old stadium, I guess the way the, the balls just travel a lot a lot further um, than the old stadium ever did. Um, so I'm sure had he played in the new stadium maybe he would have had a few more home runs. However, he, he definitely had a, a very good career. Um, 
Um, and uh, like I said, I didn't realize that he wasn't more of a power hitter. And Chris Chambliss also played no less than 149 games in a full season for the New York Yankees. In his, in his postseason career, he actually had some pretty good numbers. He had a 281 batting average in the postseason for the Yankees. Three home runs, 15 RBIs, four doubles, a triple. And he um, also had, that was in 121 plate appearances in 30 games. And uh, in the American League Championship Series, he hit 340 um, in, his, in his career. And um, he had a 368 on base percentage in the American League Championship Series, which is very good. And he had two home runs and 10 RBIs and two stolen bases as well. And he was not known as a, he was not a fast guy. He was a first baseman. Um, he had one double, a triple, and 59 plate appearances, 14 games played. In the World Series, he had a 275 batting average, one home run, five RBIs, and he had three doubles in in uh, the World Series. He had uh, 53 plate appearances, 13 games for the New York Yankees. He also won two World Series, of course, with the Yankees in '77 and '78. Um, he was actually though in '76. He was he was the Yankees' big hitter before Reggie Jackson came along, um, but he was not really Reggie was the superstar. Chambliss was not really known as being a superstar because he just didn't have that that quality, I guess, about him. Like he was a very, very good player. Um and I guess you maybe could even call him a great player. Very good first baseman, good fielding first baseman from what I've heard anyway. Um I, I don't I didn't get really get to see him play because I, I wasn't I wasn't old enough. Um uh, but anyways, so Roy White is the next player that I wanted to mention. Um, he's another one of the most underrated players in Yankees history. He played his entire 15-season career with the Yankees. He was a switch hitter. He was a leader by example. Well, he ended, ended up kind of working his way into being the leader. Um, he, but he was not like, he was He was not that same, he was the same type of guy as kind of like Chris Chambliss. Like he was not a superstar. He was not, um, he was just a guy that went out there and did things the right way. Kind of like Derek Jeter, but he did it on a on a on maybe a little bit more like a Bernie Williams. Like he kind of did it under the radar a little bit more. Um, he had a two seventy one batting average in his career. Uh, he had one hundred sixty home runs. Roy White, uh, one thousand eight hundred and three hits in his fifteen season career. Forty six point eight wins above replacement. Um, he had two hundred thirty three stolen bases. So he, he was he was quite fast. And um, actually, I believe he even had one season that he had uh, that he had had twenty home runs and twenty stolen bases. Um, he was a very good outfielder, left fielder, uh, two-time All Star, nineteen sixty-nine and nineteen seventy. He actually started, um, I think it was nineteen sixty-five, the year after the Yankees made it to the World Series in nineteen sixty-four. His first year was sixty-five, and. Um, the Yankees hadn't made it to the World Series until 1977, toward the end of his career. So for a long time in his career, he was having putting up he put up his best numbers before the Yankees really got to the postseason again in 1976. I believe was the first time they got back to the postseason. Um, so it was a long time, and he had never been in the postseason because the Yankees never made it when he was there. Uh, but once he finally made it, he, he by his numbers, he was clutch. I mean, he had 25 games played in the postseason, 95 plate appearances, six doubles. He had two home runs. He had one home run in the American League Championship Series of 1978 against the Kansas City Royals and one home run in the 1978 World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. He had eight RBIs in the postseason. Um, he had three stolen bases as well, 14 walks. Eight strikeouts and a 278 batting average with a 387 on base percentage. And, and back then, too, they really didn't. I don't think on base percentage was. It, it, it was. A, I think it might, it might have been a, a statistic, but it, it, what they didn't really use it. Um, but, uh, anyways, he also had two sacrifice hits, so he wasn't afraid to give, give himself up for the team. Two sacrifice hits in 1976 in the American League Championship Series, also against the Royals. The Yankees had a lot of battles with the Royals in those days in the 70s and even the 80s. Um, 1978 World Series, he also had a sacrifice hit. And in the 1978 World Series, he also had a sacrifice hit as well. Um, in 1968, he was strictly an outfielder, but I guess before that, 
um, I, which I didn't realize he actually played a little bit of the infield as well, but he never played um, the infield after that at all. And another thing is Roy White, he was a very good outfielder, and he never made more than eight errors in a season in left field, which is primarily where he played. He, he didn't really play anywhere else. Um, but left field in Yankee Stadium, of course, especially in the daytime, can be a very tricky outfield to play, especially um, before 1974, I think it was, when the old Yankee Stadium was renovated. Um, I believe left center field was like, it was like, might have been even over 500 feet, or it was at least like, I think they ended up making it like 485 feet or something like that. Um, but, you know, it was a left center, it was, they called it Death Valley for a reason because it was, you got to run and run, and that's why there were so many doubles over there and triples. And a lot of right handed batters, you know, they missed a lot of home runs. Um, uh, so, another thing about Roy White, nine seasons he had uh, with three or less errors in his career and he played 15 seasons so that's a, a lot of a lot uh, that 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 just shows you how good of an outfielder he was and another thing i heard about Ray white is he was nicknamed mr consistent which uh, kind of um just shows you how how the, the fact that he was so consistent he just he just went out there and did his job he was a leader by example and of course he ended up helping the yankees win two world series by the end of his career um, so the next most underrated um, Yankee of all time would probably be Hank Bauer. Um, of course, this is not in any order at this time. Hank Bauer played right field for the Yankees in the 50s and 60s. He was a right-handed hitter. Uh, he was six feet tall, 192 pounds. Um, at least that's what he was billed at. He also played 14 seasons, played 12 seasons with the New York Yankees, um, two with the Kansas City Athletics. In Hank Barra's career with the Yankees, he had 277, had a 347 on base percentage, 115 on base plus slugging adjusted, which is um, above average um, in his career uh, for, for uh, uh, an offensive player. He had 158 home runs, 654 RBIs, 48 stolen bases, 60, 56 triples, 211 doubles and um, 1,424 hits in his career. Hank Bauer, the most amount of home runs that he had in his career was in 1956. He had 26 home runs. Of course, being a right-handed hitter, Hank Bauer, um, you know, he probably missed a lot of home runs going to left field, left center field, considering, I, I believe, at that time, especially in the 50s, I think um, left center field was like 500 feet or something. Um, so he was not going to hit a lot of home runs there. Unless he went to right field, but anyways, he so he ended up leading the league in triples one year in 1957. Of course, I'm sure Yankee Stadium actually helped him with that, um, and uh, that was when he was 24. That was when he was 34 years old in 1957. Um, uh, but of course, you know he played in Yankee Stadium, and that was Death Valley. So he had probably some of those could have been home runs in a normal ballpark. Um, he had was a three-time All Star, Hank Bauer. In 1952, played 141 games. He had 615 plate appearances. He um, had 31, 31 doubles that year, 17 home runs, 74 RBIs, a 293 batting average, and 132 on-base plus slugging adjusted. So a well above average offensive player. 1953, he, um, he, he had 133 games played, 503 plate appearances. Uh, he had... Six triples, 20 doubles, 10 home runs, 57 RBIs. He had 304 that year and 131 on base plus slugging adjusted. And again, uh, uh, when I say he he was a well above offensive player that year, it basically means he was uh, well above, basically well above average offensive player compared to the rest of the league, compared to the average player of the rest of the league. Um, not, not necessarily the rest of the all-stars the rest of the average players in the league because 100 is league average is what the league average offensive player would have been um his was like 100 131 that year in 1953 and um actually the first five years in hank bauer's career the yankees won the world series so the yankees won they, they won the world series five years in a row and it happened to be 49 50 51 52 53 first five years of Hank Bauer's career. It's, it's not, not, not too shabby. 
1954, he had played 114 games. He had a 294 batting average, 127 on baseball slugging adjusted, 12 home runs, and 54 RBIs. And then in 1955, he was not an all-star, played 139 games, um, 5 triples, 20 doubles, 20 home runs, 53 RBIs, and he had a 278 batting average. He had 8 stolen bases, which I believe is the most in his career. Um, and he had 121 on-base plus slugging adjusted. So even though he wasn't an all-star that year, he still had a, a very good season. So he helped the Yankees win 7 World Series titles in his career. They won 5 in a row, like I mentioned before, through the first 5 years of his career. Um from 1949 to 1953. His career in the postseason, he had a 295 batting average, um, 53 games played, two doubles, three triples, and he also had seven home runs, 24 RBIs, one stolen base, eight walks, and 25 strikeouts. And that was in 197 plate appearances. 1958 in the postseason, played seven games. Of course, there was only one round. It was just it was it was just the World Series, of course. But 58, they played the Milwaukee Braves, played all seven games, had four home runs, 323 batting average, struck out only five times. Um, and uh, game one, he had a go-ahead home run in the fifth inning, and uh, he put the Yankees up 3-2. to two, And, uh, of course, but the Yankees ended up losing 5-4. to four. The, the home run was against Warren Spahn, of course, uh, Hall of Famer, left-handed pitcher. Game two, he had another home run. And this was in the ninth inning versus Lou Burdett of the Milwaukee Braves. Mickey Mantle ended up following that up with a two-run home run himself. And the Yankees, um, you know, they ended up scoring five runs, but they lost 13-5 uh, to five in Game 2. Game 5, Hank Bauer hit a two-run home run off of Don McMahon in the seventh inning, who, who I'm not that familiar with. Um, and, however, the Yankees won 4 to nothing in Game 5 of the World Series in 1958. Hank Bauer, in Game 6, had a home run in the first inning off of Warren Spahn. And Gil McDougald also hit a home run uh, in the 10th inning off of Warren Spahn. So Warren Spahn had a long game um, that game. Uh, of course, him being a Hall of Famer, he was able to go 10 innings um, probably quite a bit in his career. And in those days, it was much different now, of course, because of of the bullpen and they really didn't utilize the bullpen very much um uh so uh moving on uh, to the next guy is mel stoudemire of course you might know as a former yankee pitching coach um in the late 90s uh, but he was also a very good uh pitcher for the new york yankees in his career in his career he had a 297 era 164 wins in his career 130 134 losses and yeah, of course, he he ended up pitching. He pitched actually in the sixties from nineteen sixty five to like nineteen seventy four. So he basically played. He played with Roy White for quite a while, but he ended up. Uh, he ended up deciding to retire before um, the Yankees really got good again. Um. Anyways, he had a WAR of uh, runs above replacement forty three point one, which is very good. 2,661 innings pitched in his career, 1,257 strikeouts, so he was not a strikeout pitcher. Had a 1.22 walks and hits per innings pitched, which basically just tells you um, how, how many hits and walks he gave up per innings pitched, and the lower your walks and hits per innings pitched, the better. Typically, um, the average pitcher is probably around 1, 1 1.30. 1.30 would be, I guess, a little bit high, for a good pitcher, but his was 1.22, so he he basically he he uh, limited limited his walks, and he really didn't get a whole lot of strikeouts and stuff. Um, so he 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 couldn't he couldn't dominate like a guy like Bob Gibson, um, and he did that in 11 seasons. Had a 112 ERA adjusted with his ERA of 2.97, so he was well above average in his career. Um, um, if you compare him to other starting pitchers in, in, in their careers. Um, uh, he also had 152 complete games in his career and 40 shutouts, which is uh, pretty pretty awesome that he was able to go 152 complete games. Um, 
He made his major league debut August 12th, 1964, 22 years old against the Chicago White Sox, who I believe were in first place at that time. He also went one for three in the game. Um, obviously, pitchers had to hit in the American League back then. Um, the Yankees, I think they were three games back at that time in, in August. Um, and uh, he was a part of 11-game winning streak in September of 1960, uh, 1964. Um, and so he was a big part of the Yankees' September run in 64. In 64, they ended up going to the World Series um, and facing the St. Louis Cardinals, and he was a big reason why his season that year he had a nine and three record, a two point oh two point oh nine ERA. He had uh, ninety six innings pitched, seventy seven hits, three home runs allowed um, down the stretch. Had one hundred seventy seven ERA adjusted for his ERA of two oh nine, so well above average um, considering how many games he played. That that's very very good. Um, he had a 1.18 walks and hits per innings pitch, uh, which is very good. And uh, he, I mean, he was only like 22 years old at that time. He was he actually had five complete games that that um that year and two shutouts pitched. Actually, the opponents only hit 219 against uh, Mel Stoudemire in 1964 down the stretch. Um, he he actually hit 243 that year in 1964 in August and September, but that was the highest batting average of his career. Of course, it was only two months as well, and pitchers tended not to hit very well. So, um, But considering 243 is not a bad batting average for a pitcher, um, of course, unless you're uh, like Shohei Otani or Babe Ruth or someone like that. Um, so anyways, when um, Mel Stoudemire had made his Major League debut, um, the New York Yankees were, like I said, they were three and a half games back of the Chicago White Sox. They were in third place, um, and uh, they had just come off a three-game losing streak. And you know, Mel Stoudemire was the guy that that stopped the losing streak. Um, Mickey Mantle homered twice off the Chicago White Sox starter Ray Herbert, who pitched against Mel Stoudemire in his major league debut. Um, so he had some help from Mickey. Uh, it was a day game. Um, through 202 start time at Yankee Stadium, the attendance was just 16,945. Of course, being a day game was probably a big reason why the, the low attendance. Um, and of course, the Yankees were in third place, and they really, you know, they had just come off of being in the World Series three years in a row from 1960 to 63. So, in the postseason, Mel Stoudemire made three starts versus the St. Louis Cardinals. He was 101 with a 3.15 ERA, he had a complete game pitched. 20 innings pitched, um, 18 hits allowed, didn't give up a home run, and he struck out 12. He had a 1.20 walks and hits per innings pitched in those three starts in the World Series. And each of those starts he made against none other than Bob Gibson, who was probably the best pitcher on the planet at that time and uh, one of the most feared pitchers too. And uh, also he started one of those games on uh, – on two days rest and one on three days rest as well. Uh, game two, game five, and game seven was Bob Gibson versus Mel Stoudemire. Um, of course, he didn't actually face him. Well, he did face it himself, but it wasn't just him. It was the, the team. But anyways, um, you know, just, just to be, when you know that Bob Gibson or a pitcher like Bob Gibson is pitching against you, you basically got to be pretty darn pretty darn perfect or pretty you could you gotta really do a really good job because you know bob gibson's gonna he's gonna be ready for anyone um but game two anyways uh mel steinermeyer went he went the distance nine innings uh seven hits allowed three runs two walks four strikeouts which is not bad at all for a 22 year old kid um he was he, uh the yankees ended up going on to win eight to three against the st louis cardinals and that was in st louis um, he went 0 for 5 against Bob Gibson, <laughs> struck out four times, which is not surprising at all, of course, because Bob Gibson, you know, great pitcher. He actually did not have the best game in Game 2, though, Bob Gibson himself. He did go eight innings, though. He gave up eight hits, four runs, three walks, and nine strikeouts. Um, then Game 5, they both went on three days rest, of course, because um, they pitched the same games. Uh, um Mel Stoudemire went seven innings, six hits, two runs, one earned run um, that he gave up. And basically that just means that if there was two runs, um, if he gave up two runs and only one was earned, uh, then 
that was because there was probably an, an error made um, on one of the runs that were scored. Um, so, but so only one run got charged to his uh, to Milstonemeyer's ERA. But also, he had struck out six batters that game and walked two. Um, um, Bob Gibson ended up going ten innings that game. Um, so he pitched a complete game and more. Um, he only gave up six hits, two runs allowed. None of them were earned. Um, so two walks, thirteen strikeouts for Bob Gibson in ten innings. But however, he did give up a two-run home run to Tom Tresh um, to tie the game for the Yankees in the ninth inning. Um, of course, Bob Gibson didn't care. He went back out there in the tenth and shut him down. And the Cardinals ended up in the uh, in the top of the tenth. They ended up taking the lead and winning the game five to two. Um, uh, so then, game seven on two days rest, both Mel Stoudemire, the twenty-two year old, and Bob Gibson. Um, of course. As we know now, you know the Cardinals won the the World Series. They won seven to five, in and that game was in St. Louis. Mel um, Stoudemire, being on two days rest, only twenty two. He he, I mean, he had pitched two really good games against Gibson. He even got the win against the Cardinals and pretty much out pitched um, Bob Gibson in Game Two of the World Series. Um, however, Game Seven was not the same. He pitched four innings, three runs, two walks, uh, two strikeouts, three hits. So really didn't have a good game at all. Of course, being on two days rest is, is going to be hard. Gibson, however, didn't care. He went um, nine innings, nine hits, five runs. Um, so he, he must have felt it a little bit, but he still got through all nine innings. And three walks, nine strikeouts, and gave up three home runs. Um, Mantle hit a three-run home run. Um, and Cleet Boyer hit a home run in the ninth, as well as Phil Linz, um, who was unexpectedly hit a home run in the ninth as well. Phil Linz was a light-hitting infielder. Kind of, I think he was mostly second base, but he, I think he played pretty much all the infield positions, um, except for maybe first base. Uh, but back to Mel Stoudemire, he was a five-time All-Star, All-Star in 1963, 66, and then from 68 to 1970 was an All-Star. His ERA was never higher then 3.80, and his ERA adjusted for that year um, in 1966, where he had the ERA of, of 3.80. The ERA adjusted was 87, so it was just a little bit below um, uh, below average that year. But that was his highest ERA of, of his career. And, you know, he was still just, just, just a young player at that time. 1965, he threw 291 innings pitched, uh, he had 18 complete games that that year, 2.63 ERA, 129 ERA adjusted as well. Um, so Mel Stoudemire was definitely a workhorse. Of, of course, um, to, just to pitch against a guy like Bob Gibson um, and and beat him in Game Two of the World Series, that just shows you how good he was. So Mel Stoudemire did not have many bad seasons in his Yankees career. He had 24 complete games in 1969. Um, which is, I believe, his career high. Uh, he had a, a 303 innings pitch, also his career high. And you don't see really anybody. I don't. I think it's been. I think maybe Max Scherzer might have thrown 300 innings once, maybe maybe once or twice in his career, but it's v very very seldom. And it seems like it's going to be probably getting even more seldom with the use of the bullpens now. Um, he also in 303 innings pitched, he. He only had 97 walks given up that year. Um, also, he had pitched nine years in a row of at least 251 innings pitched or more. He was 32 years old in 1974. He had a 3.58 ERA with an ERA adjusted of 94, just just below average. Um, he had a 1.38 walks and hits per innings pitched, so he was walking batters a little bit more. Um, doesn't really get a whole lot of strikeouts or. Um, Really, um, so obviously he was he was he was starting to get probably all those innings were getting to him a little bit. Of course, the Yankees had never made the playoffs again after 1964. Um, so the the only time he ever pitched in the World Series was against the Cardinals, and each time he faced, uh, or the opposing pitcher was Bob Gibson, and also he won 20 games in his career three times as well. Um, so Mel Stoudemire. Is, is, he really goes under the radar, uh, and uh, probably a lot of that, just like Roy White, um, 
you know, you, you don't really think of him as being a, a good pitcher because, you know, he wasn't the only time that he was ever really in the in the spotlight was against the Cardinals and he was the opposing pitcher and probably overshadowed a lot by Bob Gibson, of course. So um, despite all that, I mean, he was a very good pitcher. Only played 11 seasons, though, but of course he was the guy when he was with the Yankees. He was their, he was their number one. He was their ace. Um, so moving on to the next most underrated Yankee, uh, Cleet Boyer, who was a third baseman. He, was, uh, he played from 1955 to 1971. Of course, not all of that time was with the Yankees. Um, he was a great defensive third baseman. Um, he didn't win as many gold gloves as maybe he could have because obviously also in the 60s was another third baseman who played for the Baltimore Orioles, um, known as the human vacuum cleaner, Brooks Robinson, Hall of Famer. Uh, Cleet Boyer in his career, he had a 242 batting average. He had 1,516 hits in his career, 162 home runs. So he had a little bit of power, 26.6 um, wins above replacement. So he was a pretty, very... He was a very useful player for the Yankees for for a while, um, and even for the Atlanta Braves after the Yankees when he had left. Um, played for the Yankees from 1959 to 1966, um, and after 66 went on to play for the Braves, like I just mentioned. Um, he won a Gold Glove Award in 1969 with the Atlanta Braves. Um, I believe that's about the obviously you know getting all the American League and. And uh, he finally had a chance to win a gold glove. Um, and Brooks Robinson was not in that league, of course. Um, but he was a very good defensive third baseman. Um, but uh, his best Yankees year was 1962. He had 272, 18 home runs, 68 RBIs. He had 106 strike strikeouts, which was the highest of his career. He, he, that, that's, that's the most he struck out in one year for the Yankees. And the, that's actually the only time he ever struck out more than a hundred times, um, uh, but of course back then striking out a hundred times was probably frowned upon. Um, uh, but of course nowadays that's really not that bad at all. Um, so 1963 he had 18 home runs, hit 255, 58 home runs. So Lee Boyer had some pop, um, especially playing in that uh, Yankee Stadium again, like I mentioned before, in the 60s with. Uh, left center field being like 500 feet or something like that. Uh, I mean, um, so he probably ended I don't really know, but I would imagine he must have hit a lot of home runs to right field or maybe he had a lot of power. I'm not really sure exactly. Maybe he just pulled it down the line because I think it was still 318 down the line and left field. I think it's been like that for a long time. Um, but uh, anyways, the most amount of home runs he hit in his baseball career was for the Atlanta Braves actually in 1967. Uh, 26 home runs, 96 RBIs, six of his eight seasons with the Yankees. Um, he had double-digit home runs, which um, shows uh, shows that he had a good amount of power, um, wasn't really a contact hitter, and maybe playing in Yankee Stadium maybe hurt him a little bit uh, as far as his offense goes. Um, of course, he really didn't make a whole lot of contact. Uh, well, I mean... He wasn't a bad hitter, but he wasn't he wasn't a great hitter. He wasn't really he wasn't an all star or anything like that. Actually, I don't even know if he made an all star team, but he he definitely had he definitely had his had his great moments and like as far as defense goes, he was one of the best defensive third basemen from what I've heard. Um, he won two World Series titles in 1961 and 1962 with the New York Yankees. 61 they beat the Reds. Um, that's one of the Greatest Yankees teams of all time. The Yankees won 109 games that year. 1962, the Yankees ended up beating the San Francisco Giants, I believe they were at the time. And uh, 1962 World Series against the Giants. He hit 318 that year with a home run, four RBIs, two doubles, and struck out just three times and walked once, seven games played, all seven. Game seven, uh, Cleet Boyer, he hit a single and... Um, that single advanced the lead run, who was Muscarwin, uh, to third base, and he would later score on a uh, double play by Tony Kubek. Tony Kubek grounded into a double play, and the Yankees took the lead one to nothing and ended up winning that game and, of course, the series one to nothing, and then, of course, won the series four to three. Um, so 
So, you know, Blue Boyer had his moments with the Yankees. I believe he did have some other clutch hits as well here and there. So, I mean, he wasn't necessarily the most polished hitter, of course. But he, he definitely was a very good player. And you really don't think of Cleet Boyer as much. Um, if, I, I, from what it sounds like, it kind of sounds like he was maybe a, a poor man's Greg Nettles. Greg Nettles was a very good third baseman um, and offense and defense. Um, but he didn't hit like Greg Nettles. Um, but anyways, moving on to another underrated Yankee um, who may not be, you may not, think is underrated maybe if you if you saw him play in the era he did bill muscarin who i just mentioned um he played with cleet boyer um he was five foot eleven 195 pounds kind of had a football mentality for seems like he was a rugged guy i guess he had a lot of injuries um and he kind of dealt with that in the beginning of his career because he was missing a lot of games i guess he had some tears in his legs because he had he was i guess he, he had they said a lot of muscles, like he had muscles on muscles or something like that. I don't know if that's what Muscarin said about himself or somebody else said it about him. Uh, but I guess the way that he had built the muscles, there, there were tears in his legs. And I guess eventually, I don't know if it was, who it was, if it was a trainer or a doctor told him that they should, um, that he should do more swimming because it would help his legs, I guess, help the tears kind of heal or, or whatever. I'm not sure exactly. Um, but I guess that helped him and he ended up going on to have a very good career with the Yankees to play nine seasons with the Yankees, 14 seasons in total at 211 home runs in his entire career, 1,566 hits in his career. He had a 282 batting average of, uh, Moose Gowrin, 119 on base plus lugging adjusted. So that's well above average. Uh, 243 doubles in his career as well, 53 triples, um, nine seasons with the Yankees. He had 1,087 games played just with the Yankees, 1,103 hits with the Yankees, 173 doubles with the Yankees, 44 triples with the Yankees as well. Um, he um, Also, I think that might even, it, might even be uh, one of the highest on the, the Yankees triple list. Um, among the, the most triples in Yankees history. Um, he had 165 home runs. Um, uh, also, he had 672 RBIs, 294 batting average with the Yankees, um, and 129 on-base plus slugging adjusted with the Yankees as well. So he was a well-above offensive uh, performer with the Yankees. Um, he, has a, he was a six-time All-Star, five-time All-Star with the New York Yankees, Six of his nine years, he hit 298 or higher um, with the New York Yankees. He had a 319 batting average, over 100 games played in his career with the Yankees. Over at least 100 games played that he played with the Yankees. Um, like I said before, he met, missed a few games. Uh, he, he missed quite a bit of time earlier in his career. In three years, he had 20 or more home runs in his career. He had 23 home runs twice with the Yankees and 28 home runs once as well. That was his career high. He also hit 12 or more home runs in his Yankees career from 1955 to 1962. In the postseason, he helped the Yankees win five World Series titles. Um, in his career, he had 39 games played in the postseason, a 293 batting average, eight home runs, 24 RBIs, or 29 RBIs, four doubles, a triple. Um, his best series was probably 1960 versus the Pittsburgh Pirates, rather. Of course, that being the series with Bill Mazeroski, um, of course, getting the game-winning home run. He hit 375, Moose Garin did, with two home runs, six RBIs, and one, uh, two doubles. Um, he had five games played in 1961 in the World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. Um, he that, And it was a five-game series. Uh he hit a home run, five RBIs, and he hit 353 in that World Series against the Reds. And then in 1963, he was on the Los Angeles Dodgers. And who does he play in the World Series? Who do they play in the World Series? The Yankees. And um, the, it was a four-game series. And, of course, the Dodgers end up sweeping the Yankees. He hit 385 home run and five RBIs against his former team. Uh, 1955 World Series versus the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, Moose Garin hit a home run, had three RBIs, batted 333 for the series, two doubles. 
Game 6 of the 1955 World Series, he had a three-run home run in the first inning off of Carl Spooner. Um, they ended up winning that game. Um, Carl Spooner was a left-handed pitcher. Um, and uh, that was the fifth run of, of, uh, of Game 6 to win the to win the game. Of course, the Dodgers ended up winning that World Series, the only World Series I believe they won in the 50s. But anyway, so that's the career of Moose Garwin. As you can see from all those numbers that I just mentioned, Moose Garwin was a very good player. He wasn't really, he wasn't a Hall of Famer. He wasn't like Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle. But he put up some very solid numbers um, year after year. And he was obviously very clutch. I mean, taking over 300 and more than just one uh, series. And of course, back then, in, in every year, there was only the World Series. And the Yankees were lucky enough to be a part of a lot of them. Um, and he performed very well in those series. Um, so just being a clutch player, I mean, that puts him right there. That I mean, when he was throwing the fact that he was put up some very solid numbers in his career, I mean, Moose Garman is definitely deserving of being, he was definitely an underrated player. You don't really think of him, um, at least in my opinion, I, I don't really think of him like, like uh, you know, Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig or guys like that. Um, so uh, moving on, we got Sparky Lyle, who was one of the greatest relief pitchers in basically baseball history. However, he's not a Hall of Famer. And he, I don't, his number's not even retired or anything. However, he was the first um, um, pitcher to win um, a Cy Young Award um, in 1977. Played seven seasons with the New York Yankees, 16 seasons in total. Um, with the New York Yankees, he had a 2.41 ERA, 141 saves. He had 148 ERA plus, which is uh, a well above average uh, ERA in his time with the New York Yankees, and that's seven seasons. So when he was with the Yankees, he was he was he was well above the average pitcher um, and average reliever, of course. 545 innings pitched in his Yankee career, 434 strikeouts or 454, yeah, 434 strikeouts. In a one-two-one walks and hits per innings pitch, so he limited the amount of walks for the most part um, and hits. And also, he had a fifty-seven and forty record with the Yankees. Of course, back then they they really didn't get a whole lot of saves because even though relievers were being used more, they didn't really. They were still kind of figuring. Managers were still kind of figuring figuring out how to use um, the bullpen a little bit more. Um, However, he did have, at the time, probably quite a bit of saves. So he was a three-time All-Star. He was, like I said, the first reliever to win the Cy Young in 1977. He was even sixth in the MVP voting. 1972, he had 35 saves, led the league. Uh, 56 games finished, which led the league in that category too. 54 games, uh, 59 games played. Um he had a 192 ERA, 154 ERA adjusted. This was his first year with the Yankees. 107 and a third innings pitched. Um, and a third of an inning, basically, there's three outs in an inning. So each third of an inning. So every time you get an out, that's a third of an inning um, because of three outs. Um, uh, so he had 107 and a third innings pitched in 1972. Um, basically, he must have just came come in and come in um, for somebody in an inning and gotten out of a jam or something. Uh, he only gave up three home runs that year in 1972 as well. Um, he had a walks and hits per innings pitch that year of 1.03, which is extremely good, um, which basically just means he didn't walk very many people, didn't give up very many hits. 1974, uh, another good year for the Yankees. He had 66 games. Every year, pretty much, he played for the Yankees. It was very good, um, but these are just some of the great years he had. Um, 1974, he played 66 games for the Yankees, and he had 1.66 ERA that year, 215 ERA adjusted, so that's extremely high. Um, so he, he obviously must have had, if not the best ERA in the league, like must have been him or maybe one other person, uh, maybe a starting pitcher or something, I'm not sure. But anyways, he had a 9-3 record, 15 saves, 114 innings pitched. He pitched over 100 innings a lot, and... For a reliever, of course, nowadays that's that's probably too much, um, but but he he did it a lot back then because obviously they utilized the bullpen a lot differently. 1977, his Cy Young year, he was 72 games played, 60 games finished, led the league in that, and actually 72 games 
um, pitched for Sparky Lionel 77 was the most games for a reliever. Um, 26, tw- 26 uh, or most games for a pitcher because they probably discounted it for starting pitchers and relievers. He had 26 saves that year in 1977, so he didn't really even lead the league that year, and he still got the Cy Young. He had a 217 ERA, which, you know, he had had ERAs before, like I had mentioned, that were even lower than that. He had a 217 ERA, 183 ERA adjusted, so he was definitely tops in the league there. 137 innings pitched, 68 strikeouts, so he was not a strikeout pitcher, even though he did have that that slider that he taught later to Ron Guidry. Um, uh, but he was known for having a really, really good slider, probably one of the best sliders in the game. And, of course, obviously that's a big reason why he won the Cy Young that year. Um, he was 13-5 that year as well as a reliever. 1978, he, he had the highest ERA of his career, a 3.47 ERA, still above average um, in, in his career. 9-3 and record, 59 games played. He had 33 games finished that year, nine saves. Of course, 1978, before that season, of course, the Yankees went out and signed Goose Gossage, who was also a closer or reliever. Um, and and so, you know, he he just, Sparky just won the, the Cy Young. So the Yankees, at that time, that wasn't heard of to have like a super bullpen like that. And people, most people thought that that was it for Sparky and they were going to end up trading him. But they kept them both. And... You know, the Yankees just had an extremely good bullpen, of course, obviously having a Hall of Fame reliever in Goose Gossage and Sparky Elio, who was, you know, just doing things that nobody really ever, ever had saw before. Um, And one was a lefty, one was a righty. But at that time, you know, he had his highest ERA and maybe the Yankees saw something. Maybe they, maybe, maybe, maybe they just saw that he, maybe he, um, his arm, he was throwing too many innings, or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know why they went out and uh, maybe they saw that his pitches weren't working as well. I don't know. I don't know exactly the answers. But anyways, just the fact that he had so many really good seasons at a time where relievers weren't really used as much, and it, like that was like, and at that time he, I think he was already starting to get a little bit older too. So Sparky Lyle was definitely one of the greatest Yankees relievers of all time. And I don't even think he's got, he doesn't have his number retired by the Yankees or he doesn't even have a plaque for the Yankees. And and maybe eventually he'll have at least a plaque with the Yankees. Um, But, uh, but Sparky Lyle was a great Yankees pitcher. And, um, you know, he does get his due by, the Yankees do give Sparky Lyle his due. Um, But, as far as underrated players go, Sparky Lyle, I think, has to be in this conversation. Um, as far as in the postseason, he helped the Yankees win two World Series titles. He uh, was 3-0 in the postseason with a 1.69 ERA, 13 games pitched, 10 games finished. He had one save in his career. That was in the 1976 American League Championship Series. Uh, he had 21 and he had 21 in, innings pitched. Four runs allowed in the postseason. He only gave up one home run in the postseason against the Dodgers in the World Series of 1977. And uh, Steve Garvey was the only one that hit a home run against Sparky Lyle, um, the first baseman. Uh, he uh, Sparky Lyle also gave up just three walks in the postseason. He had nine strikeouts and he had a .94 walks and hits per innings pitch. So he was pretty dominant in the postseason for the New York Yankees. Um, so moving on, we're going to move on to another Yankee of that, his teammate, Sparky Lyle's teammate, Greg Nettles. Um, he played 22 seasons in his career, but 11 seasons with the New York Yankees played hundred, played 1,535 games, 202 doubles, 20 triples, 250 home runs and 834 RBIs for Greg Nettles, a 253 batting average. He was not really known for for being a guy that had a high average. Yeah, but that was um, above league league average um, uh, for that period of time because um, his OPS plus was 114. So he, he was an above average um, offensive player anyway. Uh, so in his regular career, he had 2,700 games played, 390 home runs, which I didn't realize he had that many home runs in his career. Um, 
uh, he had 1,314 RBIs, 2,225 hits in his career, 248 batting average, and um, his 110 OPS plus basically shows that he was a uh, above average offensive player, and you know more 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 of a home run hitter. Of course, playing in Yankee Stadium probably really really helped him a lot. Um, but he did end up having a lot of hits. Of course, he did play a lot of seasons too. Um, however, he won two gold gloves with the Yankees in 1977 and 78. Um, you know, there, there was also some really good third basemen, um, one of them being Brooks Robinson, again, who played a long time with the Baltimore Orioles starting in the 60s with um, the Yankees had Cleet Boyer, who was a very good defensive third baseman, and Greg Nettles also a very good defensive third baseman, but neither one were as good as Brooks Robinson. However, Greg Nettles still won two gold gloves in 77 and 78. He was a five-time All-Star. Also, he was an All-Star with the Padres as well later in his career. He hit at least 15 or more home runs for 11 seasons with the New York Yankees. Um, he was a left-handed hitter. Um, eight years, he had 20 or more um, home runs. He led the league in, in the American League in home runs with 32 one year with the New York Yankees in 1976. He um, also that same year he had his career high in strikeouts, 94 strikeouts, and also he had his career high in home runs with 37 home runs in 1977. Um, so there were two years that he had 30 or more home runs uh, with the New York Yankees. 1981 in the American League Championship Series it was probably his best series. Played three games. It was a three-game series. Um, 1981 was a strike season in baseball. So. They kind of restructured the way that the postseason had worked. Um, and he had a very, very good uh, series against the A's in those three games. Uh, 14 plate appearances, hit a home run, um, had uh, looks like nine RBIs, and a 500 batting average in that three-game series. They swept them. Uh, the best, that was the best round of his postseason career. So the best round in his postseason career was the American League Championship Series just in general. Where he had five home runs in all of American the American League championships games that he played, uh, 17 RBIs, 282 batting average, and he had three doubles, a triple, and um, that was in 20 games played uh, for Greg Nettles in the American League Championship Series. Um, but of course, it's always easier, and like the the like most players don't always hit in the World Series. It's very against the every high every level. It gets harder, um, of course, more pressure. After uh, Greg Nettles, there's one other player I did want to mention too, was a second baseman named Bobby Richardson. Bobby Richardson was a three-time World Series champion for the New York Yankees. Um, he was a World Series MVP in 1960, and actually he's the only player to ever win a World Series MVP award for a losing team. Um, and he was a very good defensive second baseman. Uh, he won the Gold Glove Award five times in his career, five times in a row he won the glove um he was a six-time all-star um bobby richardson he also had 1432 hits for the new york yankees in his career he had he was not much of a home run hitter but he was he was basically a leadoff guy kind of like willie randolph um played played quite a few years i mean he, he he played 12 years in his career so he really didn't play that long he actually only played till he was 30 years old um, he decided to retire because he wanted to go back, be with his family. Um, and he was a, a real big family guy. He actually ended up becoming a minister, and he's actually still alive. I think he's like 86 years old right now. Um, uh, but he was, I believe, he was considered one of the best second basemen of his his era. And I, he did have his clutch moments too, of course, winning the World Series MVP in 1960 against the Pittsburgh Pirates, even though the Yankees ended up losing. Of course, the Yankees were heavy favorites in that uh, World Series as well. Um, so, in my opinion, those are the top, basically top 11 names of the most underrated players in Yankees history. In no particular order, Mel Stoudemire, Roy White, Greg Nettles, Sparky Lyle, Spud Chandler, Bobby Richardson, Moose Gowrin, Willie Randolph, Chris Chambliss, Cleet Boyer, and Hank Bauer were underrated baseball players. But the most underrated players, in my opinion. So the top five for me would be Spud Chandler, Mel Stoudemire, Roy White, Willie Randolph, and Bobby Richardson. 
And then after them, I would probably go with Cleet Boyer because Cleet Boyer was definitely underrated. You, you don't really... I, I don't know if he's as well-known. Uh, I mean, he's... If you look at his offensive numbers, I think that it doesn't really tell the whole story with him because he, he was a great defensive player. He just didn't win as many gold gloves because there was, you know, there was a, another really, really good third baseman, of course, one of the most legendary third basemen of all time, Brooks Robinson, um, by one of the greatest, maybe the greatest third baseman of all time. Um, but anyways, Lee Boyer was a very good third baseman in his own right. So um, I definitely feel comfortable putting Spud Chandler as the best, uh, as the most underrated player in Yankee history. Um, you know, because you really, you don't really hear a whole lot of Spud Chandler. So I feel like usually the guys that are not, and uh, probably a big part of that is because he played so so long ago. But at the same time, you know, considering he was an MVP winner, you'd think you hear you would hear a lot more about him. Um, uh, Mel Stoudemire, of course, you really don't hear a whole lot at all about him, and he was a very good pitcher. He was the ace of the staff. Of course, the fact that the Yankees weren't a very good team, that that was a big part of that. Um, Roy White, just very consistent all the time. Kind of like a, it kind of seems like, the, the, uh, looking at the numbers, it kind of seems like he was the, the 70s version of like a Bernie Williams, basically. Um, and then you got Willie Randolph, who was just... At the time, second basemen didn't hit a whole lot, and that's why I decided to put him and Bobby Richardson back-to-back, -back, four and five. Um, especially in the 60s and 70s, uh, second basemen, they weren't expected to hit a whole lot. Their main job was to get on base for the big hitters. Um, and there were very few second basemen who could hit in those days um, and, like, hit really well. Like, a, you know, like Tony Lazari in the 20s was probably, um, he, he was, there weren't many players like that. Um, uh, but he was an exceptional um, second baseman, and of course that's why he's a Hall of Famer. Um, but anyways, as far as the top 10 most underrated Yankees, one last time, it's Spud Chandler, Mel Stoudemire, Roy White, Willie Randolph, uh, Bobby Richardson, and then Cleet Boyer, Hank Bauer, uh, Chris Chambliss, Greg Nettles, Moose Gowrin, and Sparky Lyle. The reason why I put Sparky Lyle last was just because... I feel like Sparky Lyle was a very, very good pitcher, and I don't really think he was that underrated. Neither was Moose, Scourin, or Greg Nettles, and Chambliss. Um, however, I believe Chambliss, Nettles, and Scourin, you could probably make a case for maybe a little more underrated than Sparky was. Um, so that's kind of how I decided to go with it. Let me know who you think the most underrated Yankees of all time were. You can feel free to email me at historicpinstripes at gmail.com who your uh, most underrated New York Yankees of all time are. Um, and feel free to obviously comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Instagram is at Historic Pinstripes. Our Facebook is just the Historic Pinstripes Show. Um, and Twitter is at HistoricNYY. Uh, before I let you go, I just wanted to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 media family such as Psych uh, Your Crime, Free Your Geek, Movie Theater, Time Machine, and a bunch of other podcasts. And you can feel free to go to www.4041media.com for more information. And once again, thank you all for listening, everybody. And as always, Go Yankees!